0: they are just a couple of chilla shit pandas smoking the proverbial bamboo shoot and shooting pansensual glances at this pandemic's participants, like the particulates in the air raining pandemonium down on your maskless clown-looking countenance, until you're forced to open Pandora's box and acid splashes into the frying pan as we fly higher than a Devil's Night Detroit brownstone fire. Sparking that histrionic chronic and pistol whipping the berry pickers like our own personal super snooper double doggy style troopers with the fatty dance and flaming live pants rhythms, putting a schism twixt your mother's mama. Putting a schism twixt your mama's motherfucking twizzler chumping lips would have been way better if I hadn't screwed that up. Grimace when you grind on this vibrato like a rato amusing her own damn self and every milf grasping for that diesel-powered muscle massager sat nasty and cackling on her self-gratification shelf until you gasp as I metaphorically lap at the lap of your luxuries, like a logger chugging loggers before perpetrating thuggeries, on those mighty Joe Oaks making jokes about the ring singing your ancestries, with your hair blown back by the breezes of the water cascading from between your kneeses cause when I do as I pleases you gonna feel creamy and start screaming like Jesus. Then we'll pop your Rhyme Hyman and slick you up with that slime that trippity drip drips down your thighs and your eyes flutter as your insides turn to butter till we bust a peanut or so deep, so deep, so deep it'll put your mother's motherfucking ass to sleep. Wake up covered in our gin and juice and feeling so loosey-goosey from this 48-year-old 44 Magnum baloney pony hotting for me like a jacuzzi that the only thing you got left to choosey is which orifice you want us to tickle next, your back door Gladys or your front door Susie? Doesn't matter if you're grabbing up margaritas or baked potatoes, just listen as we cater to the ones who hate on the haters, flogging mollies and dodging dollies like Bill haters hot diggity zippity-doo-dah-dong, smashing marky-funky-ass Oreo double a bunch of Wahlbergs into craters, and juxtaposing hot topics with a Reverend airy edition, unlike cubeless ice in his brand-new edition, grabbing an Uber down to Bobby Brown Town and Bell Biv devolving your rover, roving and revolving around the three-wheel motion with our revolvers blasting plastic caps in your ass like you're a 21-ton whale in a 12-gallon ocean. JBC, yeah, you know me and Joe makes three because you're the third in this menage of trauma, sniffing up the floor and copping feels on the fauna like you're going to want to check your naughty parts for contusions and abrasions. I'm talking Africans and Asians and Irish motherfuckers named Ian and even a Steven. Steve adoring the loads. We're unloading on the docks where our boats are parked, harking back to the good old days where opening your mouth didn't mean you needed to get paid for this panty raid. All you had to say was, okay, me and my words are here to say, so shout it out with me now. Hip, hip, motherfucking Ray. Y'all.
1: Sorry, that took way longer than I thought I was going to.
0: And I screwed up part of it, but that's all right. Thanks. That was marvelous. That's why I don't listen to the show. But I appreciate that. Come on, man. You gotta listen to that. Well, maybe. We'll see. How you been, Joe? How you been? (laughs) Listener, how you been, world? We're recording this on... me
1: and the listener are doing okay. Good. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make a clip of that.
0: And I'm going to force you to listen to it. Because that was fucking cool. Thanks. Thank you. Well, I screwed up some parts, but uh, maybe I'll record it and add a beat to it. A fat beat. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, Just so everyone knows, we're recording this on September 18th. And uh, I think that personally, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg chose to die on the day that... Mm -hmm jimmy hendrix passed away 50 years ago that makes her even more of a badass than she was before and if she didn't well coincidence i did not know that i yeah. knew that
1: rbg passed away yeah but uh i didn't know
0: it was the Jimi hendrix according anniversary to the, of Jimi hendrix's death 50 years ago yeah according to something i saw so i, I mean i might be wrong but I don't know. I saw his statue when we were in, in Seattle, the real Seattle, not where I live. Um, mm-hmm. Saw his statue over there. And we were driving by. I was, I saw it, you know, from a, a distance. And I said to the person in the car with me, oh, look, that's where they uh, froze Jimi Hendrix's body in um, carbonite. Like in Empire Strikes Back <laughs> with Hans Alder. Yeah. And they're, they're like, really? They Did they really do that? I was like, yeah. They needed to preserve him for the future. Believe me, it's stupid. <laughs> That's how, good about, how about you? I What's like happening? That. What's happening? What do what you want to talk about? We we were going to record, but we didn't because we couldn't, and then we missed out. Shags isn't going to be here with us, but she will be again soon. Yeah, we had so much fun with the nostalgia discussion
1: last week that uh, Shags agreed to do a part two as. I don't know. Anybody that's familiar with the show, every once in a while, if we do a theme and then we just feel like it's a lot of fun, we'll do a part two the next week. Well, w- we were going to do that, but it didn't work out. So we're going to save that part two for the next time Shags comes on. Yeah. And we will talk about nostalgia again. Tonight, we're going to be talking about whatever. a little topic that I call whatever the fuck. Whatever the fuck. Whatever the mm-hmm. fuck we
0: feel like. Hey, did and I mention? I don't even know where to begin. Well, did I mention on the air? Not that it's there. Did I mention on? Did I mention between hitting record and hitting not record? Uh, these mm-hmm. fake-ass aphorisms I like to create. Or was that just to you? Fake aphorisms. Yeah. E- explain. Well, you know, you know those pithy. Th- I think I did say it on the show. Those things you say to make you sound wise. You know, in response to somebody saying something. You know, like um, a stitching in yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You broke not-
1: down the formula. And to me, it sounded like almost a a, f- a formula to come up with a with like a humorous, like satirical version of of Tao
0: Te Ching kind of states. Yeah, statements. yeah. And is did that, we do is that? that, that? What you're talking about? Yeah. Did we do that on the show? Yeah, we did. It's good. Okay. Uh, I wrote some more. I just thought I'd bring them up. and We could talk about them. I don't know.
1: Well, uh, when you originally brought it up, I was actually hoping that you had an enormous list. You you, you actually did better. You you explained the formula. And then you, we kind of came up with a couple together. Yeah. It was, it was like a comedy learning experience. You had come up with some technique, and then you taught it to me. Um, but I was hoping that I could just hear about 100 of them in a row. Maybe uh, maybe you don't have 100 today. But I do have 100. You, you, got, you got a little list?
0: I got a list. Maybe we can make this a, a regular thing. I don't know why anybody would want it to be, but I can like play some music and be like, you know. Um, oh, I know. This will be the music. Yeah. Okay, let me try that again. You're so smart. Okay, welcome to You're So Smart, where I teach you how to say things to make people think you're smart. Um, Ah, okay, cool. I guess. (laughs) There it is. Just happen to have it there. So, let's see. The last one I think I told you was, you're just a gorilla moving into a sandcastle. So, you could say that to Mm. somebody if they're frustrated, you know. They think everything's great, Ah, but it's just not working out. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, you know, I got a great this and a great that and a great this and a great that, but everything's going to shit. And you can say, ah, eh, you're just a gorilla moving into a sandcastle, Steve. Right? <laughs> yeah. You said something about a, a, a snail is only as,
1: as fast as the bicycle upon which it rides or yeah. something. Yeah, like that was one. Of them. <laughs> well, if a snail could drive,
0: it would go faster too. There you go. Yeah. All right. Let's hear some more. These All are right. good. All right. Um, this one, I didn't know which one to go with, so it kind of goes together. One is, drinking coffee from a colander is a good way to not drink coffee. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You could actually put anything in there. It has to be coffee, like, you know, drinking water from a colander is a good way to not drink co- water. And then people are like, you know, oh, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Yeah, well, you left that one step, and that's why everything's fucked up. Or I see. Okay, yeah. that's the perfect context. Yeah. Or you could say, if you want to quit drinking coffee, drink it from a colander. Right, you do yeah. that. So here's another. Couple. Are
1: you one of those? I am one of those idiots that have
0: have failed
1: trying to drink from a colander.
0: Yeah, by I the have. Way. I, I've always screwed up. I always screw that one up, and the one where you drink out of the opposite side of the cup. I can never do that. Yeah, it around.
1: reminds me because, and look, I don't want to. I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but colanders remind me of when I was a penguin. Yeah, and. Oh, you know that, what I'm talking about, right? At that the, job, right? The, the time, yeah, the time in my life where I wore a tuxedo and I worked at a resort. Yeah, and I was a waiter slash bartender slash room service guy, depending on what part of the resort I was working at. But I always had my penguin suit on, mm-hmm. and there was colanders all over the fucking place. Really? Yeah. I think I
0: was, I think I was in my mid twenties before I knew that a colander was the same thing as a strainer. I don't think I just didn't know what the word meant, and I'm saying it now just in case there's a listener out there that's going, what is a colander again? Okay, here's another one. You ready? Again, here's another twofer. I, mean, I don't know which one to so which one to use, but most of a map will show you where you aren't. Again, that's that's deep. It's deep. Or you could do it like this one. Most of a map is for showing where something isn't. Same thing, right? If you're like looking at a map. And, I like that. But yeah.
1: both of those roll off the tongue well. Sure, yeah. It, it sounds Taoist to me. It does. It, it feels a little bit. Down. Here's another one for you. It all tri- It tricks you into thinking that there's like some profundity or something. Right,
0: right. Uh, Go ahead. Here, here's one that you can apply to your current life. You ready? The mm-hmm. longer a baby is, the more it isn't a baby. Ooh. How about that, huh? That's sort of See, like the whole. That, that's deep shit again. Yeah, you can't cross the same river twice. That level of like stupid, because like you, your, your kid is what? What he's like three years old now? Something? How old is he? Oh, he's a he's he's almost four months. Yeah, and that's so different than one month. and it's yeah. like, you know, the more he the is, baby the baby keeps
1: like... changing. And when you said river, you made me. Th- I came up with one of these things immediately. Yeah. Uh, Ah oh, shit, let me see if I can remember it. It's been a long week. It just popped into my head, and it was stupid. And I want to say it out loud.
0: Oh yeah, ah um, oh, no,
1: I can't remember it. God damn it.
0: Maybe you'll remember it. I'll, I'll distract you with other stupider ones. This is one. This is one of my personal favorites. You can actually use this. You can change this completely, and it will still work. Um, snakes can't fly because then they wouldn't be snakes. <laughs> And you could actually do anything like that. You say cars can't eat cheese because then they wouldn't be cars. Like whatever you want to put in there, X X's can't Y because then they wouldn't be X's. Just whatever you want, anything.
1: I love that you have a f- a formula that that you can you can, it will never fail. Yeah. I mean, well, that's a formula within the formula. But yeah. but you had explained it last time where you can you kind of the basis of this is dichotomy, kind of like
0: yeah. Um, you just think of two thing. You think of a thing, and you think something that's op- some aspect of it that's opposite, and then a thing that goes with that aspect, and you shove them together. You know, you like, like uh, I don't know, flesh is soft and concrete is hard, so you say something like, um, um, you know, if we were made of concrete, we'd need moisturizer. Or something I don't know. That's stupid. Or right? like
1: the the concrete of a man's heart is only as as soft as his mind. <laughs> Oh, I'm just so trying to redeem fucking, myself. That's
0: so fucking awesome. So I was
1: saying, if you cross a river twice, realize that it has crossed itself more.
0: <laughs> You're better at this than I am. Those are awesome. Here, Here's one on that level, I think. Silent okay. songs only sound silly to people who don't listen. Now, that's one oh. of those ones that actually doesn't make a f- f- fucking sense at all. But just say it quickly and move on, and maybe people are like, wait a minute, that was, uh... yeah.
1: It's the di- it's the dichotomy part that that hints at some sort of wisdom.
0: Yeah, that's the that's what it always comes down to. Is that's always because like
1: di- a... dichotomy is wisdom. It it reflects <laughs> it reflects existence. Yeah. Dichotomy's everywhere. Yeah. So I remember when you were like, hey, look, man, this was like two or three shows ago when you brought this up. You said. Look, I'll, I'll show you how it works. Uh, what's something that's uh, fast? And I was like, I don't know, a bicycle. And you're like, well, I'm going to think of something that's slow because that's the opposite and that's a snail. And then you were like, well, a snail is only as fast as the bicycle upon which it rides or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> fucking hey <A>, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it really works. It does. Here, I'm going to read some so more. Do, until you, we... do you have some more? Yeah, I'll just keep going. Yeah. All right. Um, This is a good just sort of a generic one to use. Like maybe this would be the name of the book. Try not to pith away your best aphorisms. It's more of a pun, really. That's that's a good pun. Yeah, yeah it's got a, it's more of a pun, but you know, it's about aphorisms, so it can be an aphorism or an adage. Um, this one's a little bit clunky. I need to work on it. A vain person's favorite team meetings are the ones that happen in mirrors. You <laughs> nice. Know? You might you might get away with saying that in a cheesy movie, maybe. I don't know. Uh, this one I think we can put on a poster and sell and make lots of money. You ready? You're, people are going to love this one. Ready? Teachers are just magicians who always reveal their tricks. Huh? Yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I like put, it. put that on a mug. Sell it to
1: people. Oh, I got another really dumb one. It's like... Okay. It's here. Um. Oh, no. Let's see. There it is again. I, I'm I'm having brain farts here. Well, I was going to go real dumb with a pun about, uh, you're so vain, uh, said the artery. Okay. That's, I mean. But that, that's, that's grandpa humor and it's not even, <laughs> not even dad humor. No, oh, it's, it's really bad. That is actually a joke that a kindergartner would come up with and run up to you and say it to you, and then you would have to pretend laugh not to hurt the kid's feelings. Well, then you
0: would also say, and do you know what an artery is? And they'd be like... Yeah, that's true. Kindergarten. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's what I would just be impressed. That yeah. I'd be like, do oh, that's you that's actually pretty good, know yeah. what an
0: artery is? That's do you know the difference between an artery and a vein? That's pretty good. Did your joke include capillary somehow? Um, I'd say, probably. wow, you're really smart, and I'd backhand him and I'd be like,
1: that wasn't very funny, you little piece of shit.
0: Yeah. You know what? Here's a funny one. If I had a dollar for every dollar I don't have, neither would anyone else. <laughs> I don't again, it just almost makes sense. The only thing that keeps me lazy is how much work I have to do. That one is just An accurate reflection of my life. Yeah, I think you could put that one on a demotivation poster. You know, after we make money selling the teacher one, then we can make fun of ourselves with that one. Um, And then here's a reminds
1: me of a really good one too. Uh, I think this from this from a movie where it's like, uh, if I had a nickel for every time I went to prison, I'd have fifteen cents.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, that's, the, that's when you're making fun of making fun of aphorisms. Um, all right, here's the last one. This one will go on a t-shirt, and you can p- sell it at Hot Topic, okay? There's a fine line between love and hate, something I don't really give a damn about. Nice. That's a three for That's a triple. That's got the love and the hate and the indifference. It's got that triangle going for you. That's right. So there you go. That's today's edition of... You're so smart. Fake-ass aphorisms with Joe and Jason. I like it. Oh man, we got a new bit. That's what's nice. up? yeah? We'll see. Um, so, what's been going on in 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 the world that we should talk about? No, no, let's not talk about anything in the world. Let's just think of of weird ass stuff. I've been watching a lot of TED Talks lately. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll get your opinion on some of these things. Let me let me click on my notes. Um, let's see. Uh, Come hell or Hiawatha. Wait, no, that's wrong notes. Oh, I wrote that. That's a like a I thought that could be the start of a poem. So wrong note, sorry. Right. Hell or Hiawatha. Yeah. That's good. Um, let's see. Things I've learned from Ted Talks. Okay. So this one, this guy, Peter McGraw, he said he came up with a theory and he like created an institute to study. Here's his theory, basically that all comedy is benign violation. That uh, you you violate something, some rule or some expectation or some understanding or just anything but it's benign it's not going to cause your you any harm and it might be made benign by the distance from it physically or the distance from it in time but that's mm. what he broke it down to and i thought that was really you know I, I can see how that's that's true you know i'm always saying it's ironic well you know by benign violation that's all ironic right there so i liked
1: it it I'm totally on board with that. I mean, I don't know if that's the complete explanation, you know, from top to bottom, in total of all humor, but uh, but I, I I think there's really something to that. Yeah. Well, he, he the made fact the case that I'm that-, that I'm fascinated with things that are you know obscene, untoward, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it, it maybe even impolite, <laughs> or you know, the yeah. idea that something is filthy. Even that, like, the the thought of sexual h- humor, the fact that sex is funny, because it kind of... It, I, I've, I haven't really thought on that too deeply, but there's nothing that I find funnier than than sex. It's sex like, is funny. Penises think, are goofy, and, it's are. like, the whole thing is silly. Like, if you're not horny, it just seems absurd. It It's, and, uh, it's
0: utterly absurd. The... the the architecture, but it also involved. it also
1: seems like a like a a benign violation too. I think so. Sex well, yeah. is also very private, and it seems very sacred in a way. Yeah, and so to to just throw it out there, <laughs> just
0: yeah, it 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 does seem like a benign mm-hmm. violation. I think so, at least that. And another thing, this goes with it. Another TED talk. This guy Derek Thompson. He was talking about how people. The thing people like the most is novel familiarity, which is to say they like to know what it is they're getting, but they like to get it in a new way. They don't like things that are completely new, like they've never even mm-hmm. heard of before. And familiarity is kind of boring, but if you can take something familiar and, and make it new, and I think that's what benign violation kind of does. The the familiarity is the um um is the thing you're violating. You're taking this thing, and you're like, you know something that like 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 a penis. Like everyone knows what a penis is. Um, then it's 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 being violent. It's benign in that we're talking about it without it's getting hurt. And that's the the comedy. The 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 you know you and I say penis. Like today I wrote a song today. Um, I did. I actually wrote a song, and it's called um, Apple Pie, and mm-hmm. it's only got three lines. The first line is um, I love apple pie, and it's sung several times in a row. And then the second line is um, what is it? It's um, Oh, hey, baby, share this pie with me. And then the third line that comes in much later is, don't you worry about anything or a thing, okay? And then at the end of the song, what you're supposed to do is say, um, I love apple pie. Don't you worry, share this pie with me, right? Put them all together. Okay. But as I was singing, I was playing, I was like playing it for like the 50th time. Instead of saying, share this pie with me, I just randomly saying shave your pie for me right? Aha. And then I sat down and I started thinking about like if some band was on tour and they've been playing this song, you know, night after night after night, wouldn't it be great if the lead singer just snuck that in just one time? It's at the end of the song when the guitars are hitting really hard. Shave your pie for me. Right? And it's just, I just got to giggling. <laughs>
1: you know what? That is very similar to the story of a song that I wrote oh, once yeah? wrote. Okay. Um, so your song is called Apple Pie yeah. And I, I see the little formula you came up with there But then you found yourself compelled To suddenly start talking about shaving genitals yeah. At the end And maybe that is it's a benign violation All of a sudden Whoa, you didn't see that coming But yeah. it is pie So it, yeah. it's not completely off topic It makes sense But then it, it's, it's throwing you off your balance Which good humor often does Well there was this song and maybe i've even played this for you because i wrote it probably like 20 years ago i was in this band in boulder colorado and i would make up silly songs just to kind of break up the seriousness of the band that i was in at the time and this guy that i was friends with back then there were no cell phones That, that is none of my friends had cell phones it was in the late 90s and uh And this guy was driving through Denver, and he got lost. I'm going to go ahead and admit it. He was he was looking for uh, drugs. He was supposed to meet somewhere to get everybody drugs. We were all going to get high. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but he got lost. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he ended up calling us from a payphone, and and we said, "Where the hell are you?" And he goes, "Oh, I don't know. Let me look at the road sign here. I don't even know what kind of part of town I'm in." And he goes, "Oh no!" And I'm like, "Where are you?" And he goes, "I'm on Jackass Hill Road." <laughs> <laughs> and we and we looked at a map, and we'll be goddamn. And we helped him out of the circumstance, out of his scenario, because we found where Jackass Hill Road was. It was a real road. Wow. And that's where he. <laughs> that's where he was. I like that. And oh, I ended up oh, no. making up a song called Jackass Hill Road. Yeah. But I completely, it had nothing to do with his story. I oh, okay. just started rhyming it with terrible, terrible things. And it's all about having anal sex with your mother in a in a bathroom. <laughs> okay. That's what Jackass Hill Road okay. is about. And here are the lyrics to Jackass Hill Road. Okay. It's, put your mama in anal sex mode mm-hmm. down on Jackass Hill Road. Okay. okay. Uh, th- it's going to get rough now, Jason. So <laughs> okay. it is sounding familiar though but i think you did i'm not proud of this okay well yes i am but uh (laughs) so put your mom in anal sex mode down on jackass hill road um i forced her head into the commode down on jackass hill road wow yeah and it gets worse her head busted the porcelain as i busted my load Wow. down on jackass hill road so this yeah. is a terrible terrible song I, now these are these were song this these were lyrics that i were improvising at the time and everybody was laughing their ass off because it was so terrible yeah we all wrote them down so i could remember it that's kind of like my excuse for the content being so fucking astonishingly crude uh, and violent but then the next line i didn't know what to do so i said sh shisha, 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 shaving my chode <laughs> rhymes with Jackass Hill Road. Oh, you you said
0: you said rhymes.
1: Yeah, that's that's the line. <laughs> After your mom's head breaks a toilet in half, uh, I, I just said, well, I don't know what to say next. Oh, okay. Shisha, 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 shaving my chode rhymes with Jackass Hill Road. Yeah, that's, that's good.
0: <laughs> and I, that's
1: and- it. And the rest of the song you just chant. The things that rhyme with Jackass Hill Road. Right. Busting Wait. my load, head in the commode, shaving my chode down on Jackass Hill
0: Road. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. That's how... Uh, well, okay, so that's humorous. Now that you I've explained
1: this. that entire song, I uh-huh. kind of want to let it go forever because
0: it made me feel icky inside. Well, see, here's the thing. I'm probably going to contradict that because another TED Talk that I happened to watch... And I didn't... This, these weren't, like, connected. I just farting around I happened upon these but there's this other one where this guy was saying this guy Mark Rober um, he was saying that essentially failure without negative consequences is an excellent way to learn something and he talked about using video games as an example where you keep playing the same level over and over again right and each time you die you're like well remember I'm not going to go do that next time right you're learning as you go But it's a video game and there aren't any consequences. And that's sort of like the novel familiarity thing in that you are doing the same level over and over again, right? So it's familiar, but you're also doing new things as you go, right? Mm -hmm. And since novel familiarity is a way to explain benign violation, then essentially failure without negative consequences is a kind of benign violation. I think the the reason why we as human beings have evolved to like... To pursue and recognize ironic things is because that's how we learn. That having a sense of humor is 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 a marker of the essential the essentials for learning. You can look at a thing and know what's different about it that you have learned something. And it might be funny. And I think that when we laugh at things, we remember them more. I, I honestly would love to teach, like write a history textbook for a fifth grade class that's nothing but jokes. It's full with facts, and by the time they're done laughing their asses off, they'll know what you need to know for fifth grade history. That's my, I want to do that as an experiment. I think,
1: uh, you've got me thinking about humor, and and it occurs to me that the fact that we're able to make light of of things that I don't know, I'm trying to find the right way to phrase this. I, th- I think that it says something that we're able to, that when people are able to laugh at themselves Mm -hmm. and laugh at pain in general or humiliation or the, the, a a lot of really funny things have to do with some, like the failure of another person or like the, the the kind of stripping down of the dignity of another person. That that sounds really harsh, but like think, don't you think it's funny to watch somebody like America's funniest home videos is all about like, okay, dad just got hit in the balls with a <laughs> wiffle ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yes. Or like that <laughs> that kid just fell off of a swing set. Or like and yeah. and it's funny for some reason. I think I think it's us laughing at ourselves that we're all like capable of these failures and i think it actually speaks to our resilience that we're able to to kind of let go of our of our dignity in yeah. that way it, it it speaks to it speaks to a strength somehow to to just be cuz we're not i think that when we're laughing at other people failing that that's that's us being able to make light of ourselves in a way because if we didn't recognize it in ourselves we wouldn't recognize it at all
0: i wonder if you know our you know those um, mirror neurons are firing when we laugh at somebody when they're they're getting you know something bad's happening um and then you can you know take the thing that's happening and it's a violation it's bad but if you you can make it benign like when you're talking about Dad getting hit in the balls with a wolf ball, right? I'm imagining, like, um, this little kid is swinging a bat, right? And Dad's Mm -hmm. behind him like he's helping him. The kid's swinging at a tee ball. And as it misses the ball and it comes halfway around, go into slow motion, right? Now, you know where that bat's going to hit. And in the background, play that, what is it, that? I don't know, Enya song, that one, la, la, ooh, la, la, <laughs> la, You know, that, that's perfect ghosty music, that's just perfect. as a cover, because you yeah. know it's going to hit them, and it's just, now it's a blind violet It's hilarious, because we're mixing this, and it's ironic, it's further ironic, because we're mixing this very somber music, right? But we're making fun. Anyway, so. Well, and maybe that's why I love obscenitizing songs
1: so much, because it, actually, the, the emotion that, is evoked by the original song is is by my design very different yeah. than the subject matter that I will then match with that song, and and so it, it sets up this contrast that that violates the original song and and, and violates your expectations. Right. I, I don't know. Like you're, you're. By the way, it's a cheap
0: trick. No, it's good. <laughs> it's a cheap trick. We were um, at my my wife and I were at. I may have brought this up, where we were at a, uh, an anniversary dinner and they sat us next to each other, not across from each other, next to each other so that we could see out on the restaurant, right? And this is a place where everybody's eating the same thing. It's like super expensive and it comes out in like eight courses or whatever. We're sitting next to each other and the next table over, but still good, you know, 10 feet away, there's this couple and she looks happy as shit and he doesn't. And then later on, she looks like she's going to cry and he also looks unhappy. And we finally figured out that by listening to her, she thought he had asked her to this restaurant propose. He's, he brought her here to break up with her, right? Dude's oh. dropping $300 a plate on a breakup dinner, okay? And I'm just oh, thinking that man. at one point, if he had just stood up and walked out and then in slow motion staring at her face as, as, as tears are about to fall, and then Sarah McLachlan starts singing in the background, right? You know, the eyes of an angel, or how that song goes, <laughs> how fucking hilarious would that be? poor thing oh man <laughs> i just i just like that sort of thing okay let me let me keep going on this 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 is all going together me okay? too
1: well see the, i i can right there i had mixed emotions because oh that's very sad yeah but then i can actually just kind of slowly shift gears i can i can both feel sad for that guy and and just start to chuckle because yeah. it's so it's like the it's it's the old adage of like i didn't know whether to laugh or cry yeah you know
0: the yeah. the the pain of life is yeah. absurd. <laughs> yeah. So here's another one that goes with along all of these. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, this guy Jeff Sutherland, who I don't know if you're familiar with Scrum. It's a it's a management uh, style. You heard of Scrum or agile or agile? Mm, these ring a bell, but yeah, I don't know I don't much think about. We, him. we don't
1: have them at Taco Bell. I don't yeah. think. What I what are, what, are the, what do they stand for? They're acronyms, right? Uh,
0: I don't think so. I mean, maybe they are, but and I might be completely missing the point. But essentially, um, well, you can sort of encapsulate it in this quote from Dwight David Eisenhower, who said, uh, "Plans are worthless, but planning is everything." Right. Mm. And so, essentially, like, be prepared, and then that preparation will allow you to handle the things you're not prepared for. Right. Essentially, that's what it means. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I I understand that, and I a, think, to a degree, and I think that's that's how all of this works together. The benign violation, the novel familiarity, the uh, negative consequences with or failure without negative consequences. It's all a matter of you get yourself set up as best as you can, and then when things don't happen the way they're supposed to, that's the violation. But you survive. So that's what makes it benign. And that's why at any given moment you can laugh if you will only laugh at yourself when you are at a point that you overcame the thing that happened to you that you didn't expect that you still tried to prepare for. <laughs> I, I yeah, I get it. I get like, it. Like like hey, you you know, the I think this may have been what Alanis Morissette was trying to get to in her song Ironic, right? Mm-hmm. Here are people who make these plans like this guy's overcome his fear of flying and he gets on the plane right and that's and then the plane starts to go down, right like this guy had his fear was justified, but what he says in the 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 song is well, isn't this nice right he's being sarcastic and that's really, really funny, I think yeah so you know all this planning or um um
1: that's a good that's a good example thank you. Yeah. Be- because it's so.
0: Grim. Yeah. Yeah. Or where you can really go abstract and goofy and she says 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. It's like, "Well, 10,000 spoons don't just happen. Th- there was something happened. Something got to that point. Like you're you're trapped in a factory, a spoon factory, and you've got a uh um a piece of rope and you need a knife to cut the rope because the saw guys coming to get you. But all you got are spoons, dull ass spoons, and you're just trying to saw away at this thing. It's like, I just I'm you know, it's like water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. It's the same kind of deal, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: You know, I, I did. I, I neither thought of water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink, nor that I did I think about Alanis Morissette a couple of weeks ago when I actually <laughs> was looking for a plastic butter knife, and all I could find were boxes and boxes of plastic spoons. Yeah, there you go. It's all, yeah, it really you were, happened to me. You were living that. Th- you think I would have been like, "What am I fucking Alanis Morissette yeah. up in this itch right now?" That would have been funny.
0: wow. And then it's like rain on your wedding day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I watched these random Reddit, random, random ass TED talks. That's hard to say. And I felt like they all were. I thought like the God that doesn't exist was speaking to me, saying. Here here's a thing for you to know or be aware of or like um it's a thing so it, i i feel like it could be an approach like it could be an approach to life like like scrum a- agile all this stuff it's all about um planning but then you know don't stick to the plans if things come up but it's also about self-organization like you have a group of people rather than um say everyone do it this way and then when they don't do it that way you punish them or correct them some way Instead, you have them uh, recognize, you you let them be their own bosses. You say, okay, you did this wrong. Go back to the thing that we taught you. Look at that and fix yourself, right? And then it gets Mm -hmm. to a point where they're always a little more happy to look at this. Okay, did I do this right? Yes, no. And I think, and then if I didn't, what am I supposed to do? And, you know, you go back to the plan and then you say, oh, well, you know what? the plan didn't account for 5 people in a, a Toyota who want Taco Bell Grande so next time yeah. I'll do it like this yeah so. well what yeah what that means to me is that just the
1: the process of planning gets you in the mode and and helps you build skills around problem solving and 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 yeah. activating your agency in in different situations and
0: handling things that are unexpected. There was some chess player, some, you know, mega awesome one all the time chess player. And I guess he used to study end games all the time. He would, you know, put down a bishop and a knight and a rook versus a queen. And I don't know, a baked potato. I don't know. He would just come up with these. And then people would say to him, you know, the chances that you're ever in this situation that you are studying right here, very, very unlikely. And certainly not a, a position you could, necessarily steal yourself towards why do you do this and he just looked at people like what the fuck's wrong with you of course i'm studying this shit i want to be better and it wasn't a matter of mm-hmm. memorizing a particular scenario which just being ready i i feel like if we could find a way to take this to teenagers who say why do we got to study algebra i was like well here here's why because it's hilarious to watch you one of the <laughs> wealthiest <laughs> children at this school fucking failing a goddamn arithmetic Mark, that's funny to me. To me, it's funny. It's like, wait, <laughs> that's, we're, that's taking, why. we're taking algebra because you think it's funny when I screw up? Yes, I do. That's and right. You know what's really funny, Mark, is even though you are screwing up, you're still going to have more uh, money than I am, uh, whether you get a job or not, because that's how capitalism works, and your dad's rich. And, <clears throat> and I'm an algebra teacher. And I'm an algebra teacher, right. <sighs>
1: yeah.
0: Another irony. Anyway. So that's that's how I'm going to approach life now. From now on, I'm only going to conduct myself in a way that I am aware of the potential for humor at any given moment. What could make this funny? And if that if that makes me fail, then I won't do it. But now I'm aware of it. You know, like sure it would be funny. I'm driving this car. Sure it would be funny if I just shit my pants. Yeah, that would be hilarious. But I'm not going to do it. You know.
1: I find I often joke about things that you know what a lo- a lot of people i don't think I don't think people normally admit to being like superstitious right but but people really are worried i think sometimes about jinxing stuff, oh yeah, or like, oh God forbid that happens like if if you bring something up as a joke, but like uh, you can you can feel it in conversation. Yeah, (laughs) people like are a little bit superstitious like oh man you shouldn't oh man don't say that you know what i mean yeah yeah or like oh too bad we're all gonna die on this plane crash right right. (laughs) we're all gonna die in the in this plane it's like oh my god don't say that what the fuck you feel that that's like superstition i think that's more common than people even
0: want to admit i think what's going uh, on there is that The person who's saying, oh, we're all going to die, thinks they're creating a benign violation. But the people who are listening, it's not benign, right? So it ceases to be funny. And then the superstition part comes in. Maybe I'm stretching here, but they're like, you were having us planning on our deaths. Why would we plan on that? Why do we need to be able to, you know, shuck and jive to make that happen? You know, Mm -hmm. why would we make a plan to do something we don't want to do, right? No one's ever going to do that. It's like, oh, okay, I want you to write down on this sheet of paper everything that you would do in order to crap your pants. Like, no, why? Why would I do that?
1: (laughs) So that you learn not to. I think I I gave a really bad
0: example, but like, I'll do
1: it. Look, I'm a new dad. Yeah. And, you know, Laura and I worry about the baby. I think that's just normal. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll like wake up and I'll be like, oh, I want to make sure the baby's breathing. That sounds a bit much, but I bet you know how that. I think all parents have had that experience. Every parent that I've talked to, it's like, I don't know. Just make sure he's okay. Is there anything on his face? Is he breathing? Okay. Like, okay, good. Um, well, and I also think I will make, I make kind of bleak jokes about, (laughs) you know, fatherhood and, and the, the dangers that the baby could potentially be in. And, and it's, it doesn't go over well all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does, but that's a, it, it kind of depends right. and what the concepts that you're talking about, I think shed a little bit of light on this. Yeah. Like it's, it's, if some things like we don't even want to think about, you know what I mean? Right. Like we're not, we don't even want to joke about that because we need to be really careful that it doesn't happen. Right. Right. But I did this morning. I've wait, I think it was yesterday morning. I did crack myself up just because it was a very good morning. And then before I knew it, this sentence came tumbling out of my mouth that was super fucking bleak. Yeah. I mean, to the core. And all it was was me walking with the baby, and Jesus Barking Christ, my asshole dog, had a toy crocodile, and he was, like, speed-bagging my nuts with this crocodile <laughs> while I was trying to walk. He just uh. he wanted to play with the crocodile. He, like, kept whapping my crotch right. with this crocodile. And then he got... He was doing it from behind. <laughs> so, you know, really interfering with me walking. And then he decided to come right around and almost tripped me. And I said to the dog, as if he would understand, like, so he could understand how important this was I said, I said, JBC, I, I said, dog, if you trip me, then you're going to kill the baby, and then I'll have to kill you, and then myself, and then. Laura will be all alone with the
0: cats. (laughs) See, that's there was. This is like it was a beautiful morning.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and then before you know it, it it it, this domino effect. By the time, like suddenly, I was envisioning the death of me, the baby, the dog, and then the horrible loneliness of Laura as she transforms into some
0: fucking a cat lady. Well, that was the part that made me laugh. I mean, when you got to with the cats, I was like, okay, that's funny. To me, that's just like the the tragedy is not lost husband, lost dog, lost baby. The tragedy is with the cats.
1: Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's just Laura and the cats. That's yeah. depressing.
0: Right. I like that. Yeah. So a couple of things that you you mentioned sparked um in my head. One, I do think that um when people make uh, jokes that are too soon or inappropriate or whatever, like the whole, like, you know, oh, I guess we're all going to die, right? Um, yeah. I think th- that the the inappropriateness of telling a joke in that situation, you know, is mm-hmm. the joke they're trying to make. They don't realize it. It's really subtle, and they're doing it as a coping mechanism, and it's a form of anxiety. Um, yes. And, and next time, we'll talk about how all anxiety is rooted in irony, and that's why everybody who's hilarious has anxiety we'll talk about that later um because i just not thought of that but the other thing was uh you know in terms of what's funny is you're laying you're lying in bed and uh you your eyes pop open and you go i wonder if the baby's breathing and then you mm-hmm. you know you're like oh i'm tired i don't want to get out of the bed and you start telling yourself what, what are the chances that would just randomly stop breathing? There's billions of babies in the world. they all just randomly breathing and, like, and you're going on and on and on. And then finally, there's that little part inside you goes, and you get up and you go check on the baby, right? Totally. And you're either pissed at yourself or you're pissed at life. You're pissed at this situation. You're feeling all of this cognitive dissonance, right? And then you get there. You check on the baby. Baby's fine. Now it's Benign right? Because the baby's not hurt in any anyway. And you laugh at yourself. You go, what an idiot. Of course, that baby. <laughs> and you go back to bed, right? And I think, I think we do that in life all the time. It's like these, these anxieties nag at us. And so we relieve them because we know that we, we allow ourselves to go relieve them because we know the result will be funny, right? It's the opposite of people who think they might have cancer. So they don't go to the doctor in case they do. It's the opposite of that. You know what I'm talking about, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I, I always think of my friend. Um, I probably told you about Johnny the Voice. We called him Johnny the Voice because he's so. got one of those voices where he could do, um, you know, movie previews. Sure. And uh, I even had him record. We didn't plan on the show, but when I did a uh, Dracula before we did the show, we wrote. Remember, we wrote dueling. Uh, you wrote for Frankenstein, and I wrote for Dracula. That's They're right. Running yeah. for president. Yeah. Um and I had Johnny the Voice do my Dracula. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: My my Dracula ad for Dracula for president. And uh Johnny the Voice though told me this story once that I can't get out of my head and it's the whole anxiety humor type yeah. of connection. <laughs> this is how he told the story he was like man I got on the bus the other day and this this woman was sitting down and she had a little chihuahua that was like running around at her feet and she had it on a she had it on a little leash and it, and it freaked me out and I just needed to get behind her I needed to get to the, the seat past her and he's like just tr- being very very careful and he's saying to himself over and over again he's like don't don't step on the dog don't step on the dog just don't step on the dog whatever you do don't step
0: on the dog right <laughs> now Yeah, what's what's that's that called? That's he
1: told the story too. You don't, you don't hear. I thought that was brilliant. He, he didn't say, and I didn't have to ask. So you stepped on the dog, I'm right? Like, right. No, fucking, he stepped on the dog.
0: I think that's a great example in storytelling of Chekhov's gun. You've heard of this, right? I think we may have even talked about Chekhov's gun. You've heard of this, yes? Yeah. You know, the idea that if like you 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 have a play, and if there's a gun on the wall, it has to be used at some mm-hmm. point. Otherwise, why put it there as a, as a prop? You know, you, you why bring people's attention to it, right? Um, like this dog, he gets on the. You're telling the story, but it's also happening. He's looking at this dog, going, "Uh, He, 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 w- it's funny to us, but not to him at the time, he, he sealed his fate by um, trying to stick with his planning. He tried to follow yes. his plan, and um, the re- result was hilarity. So, um, there's one more TED talk here, and I'm trying to find a way to mix it in to keep it all together. And this is a guy named Michael Jr. He's a clean comic and he's pretty funny. But his talk was about how he had a revelation that instead of getting up on stage and trying to take laughs, right? Trying to get people to laugh. And he, that's what he wants, right? He mm-hmm. he decided he was going to consider it more on giving people an opportunity to laugh, which is why he does a lot of charity work. He goes to kids' hospitals and, and, and shelters and, and prisons and stuff. He gives people an opportunity to laugh. And I'm trying to think, like, taking all this stuff and using it as a life... A life you know model. It's the give yourself opportunity to laugh, which means you give yourself the opportunity to fail, but you don't worry about the consequences of it and that's how you can learn and make yourself better. And then the, the laughter makes you makes you um, happy. And I think if I can encapsulate all this neatly somehow and then stick it on to, you know, um, Camus, uh, uh philosophy of the absurd, I think I can put it all together. And then if I can get that on a t shirt, right? And then sell that t shirt with my other aphorisms, I could be rich. And then you could have a I'm series of those, you're so smart, aphorisms on t shirts. I mean, you could. I could do that. I'm thinking if I could write up this theory, like write it up in a self help book, and then like litter the chapters with little. Notes on the side that have these aphorisms or things I've tweeted ah, or whatever, just fill it up like that. And then when I'm really, really rich, what I do is I go find Mark and I go, "Hey, remember me?" And I show him some cash and I go, "And I can do algebra." And then I drop the microphone, <laughs> I walk the fuck off. That's my that's oh, my plan. Man. That's what I'm gonna do. You ever heard
1: of that song? Ted just admit it. No. Does that sound familiar to you? It does a little bit. Should I look it up? It's a great song. And and the you brought up Ted Talks and okay, yeah. I I looked up Ted just a minute cuz it it was in my head. It's yeah. been in my head for a while because honestly because Jason, I keep thinking of the line, the very first line. It's not even written in the lyrics, but what he says at the beginning of the song is everybody's so full of shit. <laughs> and then he goes <laughs> Everybody, 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 everybody. And I think about that a lot. <laughs> and the song is called Ted Just Admit It. Uh-huh. And, and I kept thinking about that and I was like, I want to just look that. So the cool thing about the internet is I'm like, you know what? I know a lot about Jane's Addiction. <laughs> and I love that song and I love that album. Nothing Shocking is just a perfect album, maybe. Yeah. It's such a good rock album. So fucking good. Ted just admitted is this amazing song on there. That's very representative of how just dark and, and intense the, the album is. And yet like groovy, I don't use that word very often, but it (laughs) is like, there's a groove to a lot of these songs. And, um, and so I read through the lyrics and, and I, and I always thought Ted just admitted, I thought was always just like this, uh, Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction kind of saying just to a random guy, yeah, like a random name, Ted. Just admit it, yeah, because the whole song goes into like, um, sex is violence and and it's about like the song seems to be about like admitting these dark truths about human nature. Sure, right. And but that song, Ted, they are talking about Ted Bundy. Oh, well, okay. I never knew that until the other day. I'm a huge fan of Jane's Addiction. Yeah. I've listened to Jane's Addiction for decades. And I never knew that Ted Just Admitted was about Ted Bundy. And in fact, the line, Sex is Violent, is based on something that Ted Bundy said. Oh, okay. which, is, which is crazy. And yeah. So it's sh- it shown a whole new light on that song. Still, it's yeah. a great song. But but the fact that I went down this rabbit hole learning about Ted Just Admit It because I'm afraid that everybody's so full of shit right now. Yeah. Like one thing leads to another, but then you brought, you've been talking about Ted Talks <laughs> <laughs> this whole
0: time, yeah. and and I couldn't help but think once again of Ted Just Admit It. Yeah, Ted Bundy. And I don't know, I, I maybe I have actually listened to the song, the gist of it, but I don't know that in pop in popular culture or in the what do you call it in the conventional wisdom, it's it. I don't think there's anything that says that we believe Ted Bundy was just this vehement denier of what he did up to his death. Like I think he, I think he got caught. And he's like, yeah, I did it. Like so for him to admit, he'd be like, I already admitted. I mean, yeah, I, I kill women, I rape them and kill them. I, yeah. And so I again, I haven't heard the song, so I need to get in there. But to have Perry Farrell saying you know like I, I, there's a there's a comedy to it like like uh there's this oh boy I'm going to really go obscure here there um who's the guy who was on SNL his wife shot him uh Phil somebody Phil Hartman Phil Hartman Phil Hartman yep. okay so Phil Hartman has this sketch where he's a, a washed up actor and he's talking to his agent or director or something and the director is telling him in no in certain terms like you know you're you're over you're done you're you're, you're o- nobody likes you anymore and he just keeps asking questions as if the guy's still on his side. You're like, um, nobody likes your <laughs> movies anymore. It's like, well, what do you think what do you think they um they want to see in films these days? What do they want to see me do? It's like, no, they don't want to see you anymore. It's like, do they want me to you're wear not nicer getting pants? It. Yeah. You're not getting and at one point he says, he says, the newspapers are something along the lines of the newspapers explain how everybody is talking about how stupid you are. And he goes, Well, what's the word on the street? You know, you're like <laughs> And I feel like you could do that with this Ted's Admit it thing you go up to Ted Bunny Ted, just admit it. You killed that woman. Well actually I killed fifteen women. Just admit it. You just admit up. it, Ted. You went in there. Ted, just admit it. Just admit it. Yeah, I killed her. I know a lot of people don't want to admit that dark side of them. I've eaten people's body parts. I'll admit it right now. Just admit it, Ted. Yeah. Well, That's-
1: you know, and especially I think as a teenager when I first heard Nothing Shocking, songs like that were it it seemed it seemed radically honest about sure, yeah, yeah. the human condition and that that's particularly i think attractive when you're a teenager and oh, kind sure, of yeah. like rebellious and and you know really value radical kind of honest ideas and yet yeah. you can smell everyone's bullshit except for your own because you're a teenager and and egotism is is fogging your your
0: perspective i think um, that's why we 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 laugh at those Movies that are about teenagers, but they're made for adults, like uh, Superbad. Right? You remember that movie? Yeah. 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 Th- there is, there's almost no point in that movie where the main characters aren't seriously anguished about the situation they're in. There's no joy. There's no happiness. We're laughing our asses off, right? Right. But they're just ins- and I think it's because we 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 recognize. Like, if you have adults who are really serious about something, now we're talking about something that's, you know, maybe borderline slapstick or, or satire or parody. But when it's kids, you're like, no, this could really happen. Kids really do get this, you know, um, involved. Their brains get wrapped around these these things. They really take this shit seriously. And now that we're older, we can look back on ourselves and go, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was stupid, you know. Yeah, and
1: laugh at the absurdity of adolescent priority. Yeah, exactly. You know. But it, now all these lyrics are coming, like, flooding back into me. Like, oh. <clears throat> he, he says, he, here's some lyrics. He says, this is just out, out of my head. I'm not reading Wikipedia, so I hope I get this right. But yeah. he goes, he goes, I am the killer of people. You look like a meatball. I'll throw away your toothpick and ask for your forgiveness. Because <laughs> of this thing that's in me, is it not in you? Is it not your problem? Okay, and that's that same song? That's the same song. Okay. Ted just admitted. Yeah. Those lyrics are haunting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, credit where credit's due when a person can write. I think in songs, you got to go for just vague enough. Like, it's got to be quasi-universal, but it can also be about spe- specific thing, you know. Um, you know I love that that
1: type of lyric I'm I'm very much into yeah where yeah. there there's kind of there's a there's a lot of room for interpretation and yes. you know songs over even over the years you can interpret it at different levels of your own emotional maturity like yes. to have that
0: level of yeah. kind of vagary is that the word well I think it's it's it ends up being novel familiarity and it's like the vagueness there is you go. okay this is about a thing that I I am aware of, but how can I apply it to something I didn't think I could apply it to before? And, and I think that's kind of why for the most part I don't like lyrics and songs. Because I, I I don't know, maybe there's something wrong with me, but I either want you to tell me what you're talking about so I can get along <laughs> with it. Or I like those songs where the okay, for my for example, the song I was talking about, um apple pie, right? Uh I love my apple pie. Uh do you want to share it with me? Don't you worry that could be about anything if you want it to be, right? It could be, and and I think the reason why it made me trouble, when I was writing the song, the only reason I knew those words is because I wanted to practice singing, but I couldn't think of your lyrics. So I said, well, fuck it, I'll just say the same thing over and over again. So the first thing came to my head was, I love apple pie. So I just, you know, and and after a while, just like stuck, (laughs) Uh, it just worked. It was just, okay, that's what I'm going to go with now. And, And then in retrospect, I can go back and say, no, you see, apple pie is, Innocence. I want your innocence. I want you to share <laughs> well, your answer with innocence with me. Don't worry. Sure. Share your innocence with me. Shave your pie for see, and then I can even get silly with, yeah. Well, but but clarify for me. So, do you like the fact
1: that it can be interpreted in many ways, or do, would you prefer it just be about fucking apple pie? Leave the vagina out of no, it. No, no.
0: Like as a writer, even the books, even books where I'm being very, very concrete, I I want other people to do with them whatever they want to. Um, if somebody's listening to this and going, "This is this is about getting, this is about having sex with a virgin," I'm like, you know, if that's what you want to do with it, and I'm like, no, this is a song about a guy who really likes pie. I mean, he just wants to share it with people. It's a Casper baby pants song. It's like, well, yeah, if you want to do that too. And somebody's like, no, this is a, this is a song about how he 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 is trying to rip Cthulhu from his nostrils and put him in his pants. The the thing Joe is is this is that all of that it's possible, and I kept the lyrics the way they are because. I'm making fun of that vagary is the thing. And that's that's the beauty, right? I, it, well, who? What's his name? The, the guy, Neil Gaiman, in one of his, you know, learn from the master's talks. He's like, first draft, you write books. Second draft, go back and change all the stuff so that it looks like you knew what you're doing in the first draft, right? That's just it. It's like a apple pie. What could that mean? I don't know. I'll just use it for now. And I'll come up with the meaning later. And that, to me, is hilarious. The idea that you could do a thing and then come up with the meaning later, that is, that's that's existential absurdity if you ask me that's the absurdity of existence well i gotta
1: say this though and um we're probably running out of time but you know i i i wrote a novel and i thought it was i thought there were layered metaphors about addiction and all it was a vampire novel right so that that's no new thing people use the vampire thing as a metaphor for addiction but you've read the book there's all sorts of I think there's more than just that metaphorically going on, but here's something that I realized over the last couple of years. I revisited the book and I'm not kidding when I, when I say that book, that book was rep, it represented things in my psyche and was, it symbolized things about me and my understanding of the world that I was not aware of when I was writing the book, and well, that yeah. freaks me out. Yeah, that's and- that's like, it's kind of related to what you were saying though. Where you like actually, what comes to the surface if you go back and make sense of it afterwards, it might have actually made sense unconsciously the first time. You're just yeah. learning what you meant. You're yeah. you're learning what what the expression was actually reflecting.
0: Yes, it's also. Now, it can be both it could be or this or it could be both this and what you said but it could be that um, what you wrote while you wrote it that put ideas in your head it wasn't that it was reflecting ideas that you had it's the writing of it uh. put the ideas in your head where they sat and then when you were reading it you went back to where you were and picked those ideas up again that doesn't have to necessarily contradict with what you're saying I mean
1: yeah yeah but but that's that actually even kind of it's a deeper illustration of the process
0: maybe yeah. well i think it's 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 um maybe reflected in the way like never mind writing books when you read a book for the first time right you don't know what's going to happen but when you read it for the second time you know everything's going to happen and so everything that you read knowing what's going to happen is completely different the second time you read a book it's really a different book right it's a different book. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. So a person could ostensibly write a book with the idea that this is a book to, for the second read. This is not a book that you read once. That's not the book I'm writing. I'm not writing the book you read once. I'm writing the book you read twice. And uh, I think that's what the second draft is. It's like creating a book for people to read again. And all of my books are first edition, first drafts, because I can't be bothered to rewrite, because I'm lazy. So I clearly am not the sort of person who wants you to read my books twice, Just read them once, and then try to forget them. Yeah. Right, You're so, an
1: author, not a salesman. God damn it.
0: Yeah, but if I was a salesman, no. um, so so so. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Shags uh, back next time. Fingers crossed, if that works out. Yeah, we'll
1: dive back in. Maybe we'll move a little bit. From the '80s into the '90s, I think we d- we dipped our toes in the in the '90s. Yeah, just hey, to test test I, the temperature. But mostly we're in the '80s. I think maybe we should focus on the '90s next time. I would There's like to
0: material. get more into. Um, I think it's more '90s stuff. Maybe not. You to me wrong. But more. We talked about music and movies. I want to talk about um, hip hop too, because. You know, that's what I was sort of trying to channel a little bit at the top of the show, kind of. Actually, that's how it started. So, you know how we wanna, you and I wanna do that uh, walk in the dog bit where one of us is Chris walking Walkenilla and Snoop Dogg, right? (laughs) I almost forgot about that. So I've been trying just all the time. I'm trying to come up with a way to do a Snoop Dogg impersonation. It's not working out. And I always end up trying to start by, you know, doing a line from one of his songs. And then I realized, why not just do just do. Just pretend you're just doing a, one of his songs. You can say whatever you want, but just put a rhythm in it and and pretend that you're rhyming, you know, like uh, walking down the street to eat some burritos, right? I mean, I, okay, didn't say anything like him, but you see my what I'm getting at, right? Is that I'm trying to, I don't know. Anyway, it's so, it's uh, I'm doing the same thing with Christopher Walken
1: actually, um, okay. and I was a little distracted because I keep thinking that's a little we're a little bit on the same wavelength here because i i was wa- i was I was, walking, I was walking my dog yeah and and the uh and i was thinking about hey i'm walking my dog i remember the concept of walking the dog where we're gonna do snoop dog and christopher walken and i started thinking up i need to think up a bunch of lines that i can effectively practice and get better yeah, at yeah. doing christopher walken but i need the right words right and it sounds like that's kind of the same thing you're like hold on i need to I need to practice the Snoop Dogg
0: thing somehow. Like, yeah. I need the right kind of method to, to get better. I'm just going to do his raps. I'm just going to sing gin and juice, but just change the words, you know. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm just sitting here eating some mac and cheese. That's laid back, you know, my, my And I didn't do it very good because it's on spot. Look, we've got 15 seconds left. You need to shout something. I sent you a text message of what the show is going to be titled. And if you want to shout that, you can. Well, first, I just wanted to say... Um, you know,
1: you read bazooks to Luzerne about fizzings.
0: <laughs> yes, you, to zoo. All right. Crocodile crotch!